1: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
2: Well, let me give you three practical ways on how to reflect in God's Word here. All right? It says here, He who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty." Now, that word, look intently, is a lot different than just read it. I know, my point is to read it, I got that, but it's really more of a research, and here's where I get that. That word in the Greek, look intently, was the same Greek word that Peter used to describe what he did when he ran to the tomb on Resurrection Sunday. He didn't glance in there, he gazed in there. Who's missing? Where did he go? Is he hiding? What's that cloth doing there? Why is it folded this way? So he was studying that. Now, just as he studied that about the Lord and where he was during that resurrection experience at the tomb, that's what we do. We intently look at that word of God with the purpose of knowing it accurately, for the purpose of applying it. And part of the application goes is to communicate it to the world, to change the world. And so that's what that means. So we need to really get into it and not merely glance at it. Now I put together here what I call take a step. Now I didn't have you fill in the blanks because I wanted you to all have the same thing. We teach this in a little bit more in-depth when we teach the Spiritual Maturity Seminar. You all ought to go to that if you haven't been to it. It's going to cover a lot more than what I'm doing this morning and a whole lot of other stuff around it in a notebook that will have about 60 pages in it for you. No charge Sunday. I know that sounds like an infomercial. I'm trying to get you to the seminar to get you to the material to get your life to change. It's all about life change, not just seminar attending. But look at the take a step right here, if you will. This is what you might want to take, cut it out of your notes, rewrite it again, put it in your Bible, tape it in your Bible, and follow this little take-a-step formula on how you could get more out of God's Word. Now some of you are saying, boy, that's really good stuff. Now let me give you a contradiction to this. You don't have to use my take-a-step method. There's a lot of others that are out there that are probably equally as good. Maybe there's some that are better. But whatever I have here is probably better than you who don't have anything. So at least take this and begin here. So let's look at it. So when you're reading the Bible, how am I going to get something out of it? I want, to, I want to peer intently at it. I want it to change me. I know that every time I get in it, I'm going to probably find something I don't understand, that doesn't make sense, and even worse yet, seem to even contradict what he said over here. So this book is full of contradictions. It'll seem that way because Satan wants to lie to you and tell you that. But there's enough Bible scholars out there today that'll tell you there are no contradictions in here. And that's why you need to stay with the program. So here it is. Question. Is there a timely promise? Is there an attitude that I need to change? Is there something to know, a command to follow? Is there an example in the Bible that I need to follow? Is there a sin that's revealed in the Bible that's in my life that I need to forsake? Is this Bible revealed something that God is doing for me or has done for me that I need to thank Him for? Is there a truth in here that I didn't know before that I'm going to embrace now as part of my belief system? I've learned a truth. Is there an error to avoid? A mistake that others have made that I don't want to make it so I don't have to be in bondage and I can have full blessing. Is there a biblical prayer that others prayed that God recorded in Scripture? And so if God put the prayer in Scripture, shouldn't I be praying that prayer too? So there's a whole list of things that might help you if you're serious about peering intently. So yes, reading the word, but read it with a little bit more leaning into. Secondly, you want to review it. Verse 25 says, and continues in it. I like that phrase. So it does mean to review it, to put it into your mind. A lot of times people would use the word meditate. As I went through this concept of reviewing the word, I came up with these four Bible guys. One is James, the other is Jesus, the third is David, and the fourth one is Joshua. Joshua says if you meditate in it, he says you'll have good success. David says if you meditate in it day and night, you'll have good success. Jesus says if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples. Apart from that, you're not a disciple. And then James went on to say if you continue in it. Again, part of the being free and the part of being blessed and how important that is. So I guess I ask you this question. Have you learned to meditate in God's Word? And some of you say, I don't know, what is meditation? Is that like the yoga people do? Is that what I do? Is that meditation? No, all of you meditate. If you worry about anything from finances to fitness to your kids, if you worry, that means you thought about something that's a negative thought, and that's meditation on something negative, and it created worry. So if you want to have happiness, think on that which is pure, good, report, virtuous. And I'm going to tell you, that kind of thinking, meditating on God's Word, will bring you that blessing. So, yeah, you want to read it. You've got to review it over and over again. It does take time. That's how you be blessed. But also, number three, you need to remember it. And it says, and not to be a forgetful hearer. You want to memorize it. Oh, I tell you, that's important. And I know that's very difficult for you. But I'd like for you to really begin to try that. I know you can memorize recipes. Those of you that are into music... I'm sure that when you sing, you don't always have all the music in front of you because you memorize it. Those of you that sing a song, you don't look at the words as you're singing. You know the song in your heart. You know how to do that. You memorize directions so you don't always use your GPS, do you? So the bottom line is, we have the ability to memorize things of the street in the world. And some people say, oh, it's harder to memorize God's word. Maybe it's because Satan is working against you more on that. But it's more likely... That God says, because you're memorizing my word, that's uniting with my spirit, all about my personhood. So since it's all about me when you're memorizing, I'm going to empower you to help you. And so God will do that. When you take God's word into your heart through reading it, and then reflecting on it, and then really memorizing this thing in your heart, it does something supernatural inside of you by remembering it. Then you can call it to your mind when you do go through struggles. So, we talked about receiving it, and we talked about doing it in a way with uh, four hearing aids, and we talked about how important it is to get into God's Word and own it for ourselves. But number three is I must respond to God's Word. Most of us can do some of these other things. You know, you can read it, you can study it. A lot of people are in God's word. There are some people that go to one Bible study after another. Some people have one DVD in their TV uh, unit or another. Some have it in their cars and they're listening to a CD while they drive. And I'm not putting any of that down. In fact, I want to just commend you on all of that. But I want you to be very, very careful that no matter how much of that stuff you have and how much of that stuff that's coming in, is it changing your life? Are you letting it change your life? And that's why it says here, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now it doesn't say don't hear the word here. It says don't be a hearer only. Then it says deceiving yourselves. Now folks, I'm going to be quiet for about five seconds because I want you to hear what that just said. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving yourselves. that pregnant pause, I hope, gave you an opportunity to realize how easy it is for us to be deceived. Some of you that like a little bit more, why don't you go into scripture and look at the phrase deceive and find how many times the Lord warns us of how easy we are to be deceived and the certain situations in which we'll be deceived. Do your own little study of that topic. That would be great. But let's come back to this. He does say we can easily be deceived if we're just to hear. Now, I'd like to speak for just a moment to those that are even on the other side of hearing the word regularly. They come to church when it's convenient. They read their Bible when it's convenient. You're even more deceived because you think the little bit that you get is pretty good and God understands. Don't worry about it. That's life. You're missing the whole boat when you don't put him first in your life. Now, yes, there'll be times that you may miss some time in a devotion, and there may be a time that you have to miss church when the Word is being taught. Or you have to skip a Bible study where the Word is being I, I, But we park too much on the excuses instead of making it a matter of priority. So he says, don't be a hearer only. Some of you even need to be a hearer to start with. But then once you're a hearer, don't only be a hearer. He then goes on to say, and be a doer of the Word. Now, that's the difference between being an average hamburger Christian and being those who are the porterhouse state Christians, those that change to really want to grow and to be mature. What's interesting is the word listen in the Greek, we get our word auditor or audit. Now, those of you that are in college, you know the difference between matriculating a class when you take it for credit. You pay a lot more money, you have to do the study do the homework you have gotta turn in the reports you have to take the test you have to be there so many class hours and then if you do well in that you then will get a grade that'll go for your unit in that class or you could do something else you could say that you could audit the course it's usually a little bit less they don't require anything out of you and you generally are there to sit there and listen now some of those people probably do take good notes and they try to do the best they can but they don't have to do that Because they don't get a credit for it. And so the Bible says here that we need to listen to him, but not as an auditor, but as someone who's listening with the purpose of doing what he really wants us to do. And I have to tell you that James says self deception is very easy, and it won't change us if we are self deceived. Jesus said this To whom much is given, much is required. Let me pause for that. I am blessed to shepherd a wonderful group of people that truly do hunger and thirst after God's word. Those of you that are listening, I am not here beating up on my people that I love so much, at which all of you that are hearing us, whether you're on, on the internet or whether you're on radio, that you would be here to shake the hands and look into the eyes and the hearts of our people and how much they really sacrifice to really know the word and sacrifice for their kids to know the word as well. But at the same time, I'd like to say, those of us, and I'm one of those, that we have been given the opportunity to get underneath the sound of God's word, we are going to be held accountable for all that we heard, whether or not we've applied it. And then we'll be held accountable for how much we did apply it, and we do it in faith, in love, for the glory of God or not. And we will be accountable. So the more you have, the more that you're going to be required to embrace and to do. And Jesus says to do that. James goes on to say, "...to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it is sin." We often use that verse in communicating the gospel, don't we? But actually, that verse is written more to us, talking about for us to know to do good. We've got the hearing and the knowing part, but we don't do the doing part. We know it, but we don't do it. God says, you're sinning. And therefore, we're not blessed. Therefore, we're not totally free. We are in bondage to the same issues of the world, except we're worse. We don't have to be. We've got the power to get out of that. And so that's what the Word says. Now, let me be a little humorous with you all with me for a moment. Let's say, as an illustration, that some of you said, you know, Pastor, you're getting up there in years. You're 60, and and we don't want you to get sloppy and flabby. We don't want you to get that furniture disease where the chest drops down to your drawers, you know. That's supposed to be humorous there. And so you guys do a collection, and you buy Arnold Schwarzenegger's latest book on superior bodybuilding for men that are 60. Okay, and you hand me this five pound book from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so then I say, okay, I'm going to go off for six months and I'm going to read this book. So I go off and I come back six months later and you greet me on the lanai and you look at me and you say, hey, pastor, nothing's changed. You're still the same flabby self you were six months ago when we gave you that book. And I said, "I, I, I don't know, but I know this. I went away. And for six months I read that book. Every day. When i go to bed at night, I would read it for an hour. In fact, I can show you the book you bought me. I underlined portions of it right here. I marked it with my special colored felt tip pen over here. In fact, I memorized sections of this. It was such a good book. I was telling others about this book. In fact, it was so cool. I even had a group study about this book right here. And you say, well, how come you're so flabby? Because I know about the book, but I didn't do what the book told me to do, not to be flabby. I think, are you getting this? Are you, is, this, is, this, is this okay? Am I making it clear? And so I'm wondering if some of us hear the same thing over and over again. And it's my fault sometimes. I'm telling you, you've got to get the Bible, go to Bible studies, bark, blah, blah, blah. But I forget to tell you, but you've got to apply this thing. You've got to do the book. You know, we talk about all these translations, and there's so many churches today that are arguing over what's the best translation. Instead of doing what God wants us to do, and it's this. To translate the Bible into our own lives. There's even a book now called The Living Bible. I'm wondering if God would much rather have us be a living Bible by our lifestyle. I know this, that that's where the freedom and the joy comes when we get into God's word and how powerful that is for us. And I pray that each one of us might embrace that very truth. So you can hear the word, but are you going to heed it? You can see the book, but are you going to respond to it? I came upon an accident recently. The driver said that he was looking at the red light, but he was talking on his phone. And he went right through the red light. Nobody got killed, thank the Lord. Damaged property, probably some bumps and bruises and a ticket. Life was different after that. But the light was right there. How many of us are seeing the lights, whether it's a red light to stop, but we don't pay attention, and now we have job issues, kids' issues, health issues, money issues marital issues because there was a red light and we saw it we've been to enough red lights to see it we've read enough manuals and how to get our driver's license and there's a red light or maybe for you you stopped at all the red lights but when it turned green you might have just stopped there and you were dilly dallying and it said green but i'm too afraid and i don't want to take risks and maybe something will go wrong and so i really they'll make fun out of me if i go through this green light over here and the light is green and then you hear all the honking i wonder how many people had automobile accidents because someone further back saw the green light, but someone in the front didn't go green and stayed there, and that person ran into the back of them. So I don't know what lights are coming on your dashboard. I don't even know if you're looking at those lights up there, but I pray that you are, and don't be a hearer only. Don't be a seer only. Be a doer. Be a heater. It will change your life, and you could start today doing it. Matthew chapter 7 talks about a foolish builder and a wise builder. And you know the foolish builder built it on the sand. A lot of people build their life on sand issues. The Bible says to build it on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and his word. And the person who did that, the Bible said, that man was blessed. We're all going to build our life. What's the foundation? Who are we going to listen to or who are we not going to listen to? Jesus said in John thirteen seventeen, he says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Even Jesus said that over and over again. Well, there's three examples of practicing the Word. Because he covers them in detail later on in James, I'm not going to unpack this. I'm just going to give those to you so you have something you might be thinking about as a way to practice what you've learned in applying God's Word. Let's look at those very quickly. One of the ways you can really know if you're a doer of the Word is if you have a controlled tongue. How is your tongue? How are you using your tongue? Control over your words. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart again, this one's religion is useless. So no matter how much you know, if you can't control your tongue and use it to bring glory to the Lord in what you say, in the tone in which you do it, then whatever you have is useless. It's certainly not authentic Christianity. The second would be a caring heart. Do you really care for people? Are you compassionate? Do you feel their pain? Do you see their struggles? A pure and undefiled religion, authentic Christianity, before God and the Father is this... To visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble. We do have orphans. We do have widows in this church. Some have needs from time to time. Their needs are very, very real. I'm blessed that we have people that will step up and help them. But here's who I'm speaking. I'm not speaking to those who already will be there and help and do all of that kind of stuff when there's a need. I'm speaking to some of you that when you even hear a little thing about that, you want to get to the front of the line to do that. That's when we've embraced God's word. The Lord really is passionate about the disenfranchised. Do we have a caring heart? And then number three, a clean mind. If we're really in the word, we realize that our lifestyle is nothing more than a byproduct of our thinking. So a clean mind to keep oneself unspotted from the world, knowing that the world and its influence is huge because it's filled with technicolor and surround sound and now 3D is thrown at us. And so that worldview out there is is like an avalanche. It's like tons of it is coming every moment of the day. And there's more and more technology to get more and more of that stuff to us. But it's a clean mind. Someone who realizes that I've got to get my mind right. So, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, the Word of God. Let Christ's Word dwell in us, our thinking, richly. And to do that is I need to know it and I need to apply it. I love you folks. I love you so much. I just want to say the freedom is yours the blessedness is there just for you if this is one message that i could give you it would be this simply this here it is feed yourself learn god's word apply it to your life let it be real and when you do folks mm, 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 mm. my sweet wife i think one of the things she captured my heart when we were dating courting really cuz checking it out with her dad and I even proposed to Carol in the middle of a lake by first asking her dad if I could have permission to uh, have a relationship with his daughter. But I I remember this. My wife would make the the chewiest peanut butter cookies and she would take the fork, and you know how you kind of make a checkerboard thing on top of this thing? And they would be so chewy and so warm and you could smell them. And sometimes she put one of those chocolate candy kisses right in the middle of that. And so as you ate it, it was like eating peanut butter and chocolate. And as you bit into this thing, it would just bend and the chocolate would be melting because of the heat of the cookie that just came out of the oven. It was delicious. All right, now that I've caused some of you to sin. <laughs> the point of the matter is still there. The word of God, it does smell sweet. It tastes even better. And I want you to have it for yourself, not leftover moldy bread. Get into the Word. Let it change your life. Let's pray. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to pause in my prayer and say a few words to make sure that all of you can then re-enter the prayer with the right spirit. So let me pray for you, and then I'll pause, and you can leave your head bowed and your eyes closed. Our gracious Heavenly Father, you said if we abide or continue in you and your words, and your words abide in us, we are at home, we live your book, your book lives in us, then we can ask whatever we will and it will be done. And so Lord, we confess to you that our prayers are not being answered. We are not seeing all that we want done. In fact, we hardly even pray to you. But Lord, we're coming back to you now. We want to abide in your word and let your words abide in us. And so, Father, you have not beaten around the bush. We can't ignore what your word says. You've told us to be doers of your word, to practice what we already know. And I know you've put some ideas in the minds of our people here today, and mine too, that they know they've got to do something, maybe even before today ends. And so I pray that you would give them the courage to act on what they know. Help them to do the right thing. Help them to act on what they already know that's right. Lord, Maybe it's to pay off some debt. They owe somebody some money. Or to ask forgiveness to someone that they've hurt. Or return an object that they've borrowed for so long. Or to be baptized as a believer in Christ. Or to join this church. Or to make a commitment to be here no matter the cost. Or to make a phone call. Or to invite a friend to the church. Or share the gospel with a neighbor. Or to get involved. Or to maybe even be faithful in their, in their giving. Whatever it may be, Lord, help us to do what we need to do to not deceive ourselves and not to glance at the mirror of the word and walk away unchanged. But Lord, help us to not miss the point that we need to receive your word in the right attitude. And we need to reflect on it and read it and study it and memorize it. And most of all, Lord, we need to respond to all that we're learning and allow it to live in our lives. Help us, Lord. Maybe some of you are here today and you've never really received even Christ into your life by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, you kind of know about him and he's a historical figure, he's important, and and you know, he's really, really important, but you've never received him as your personal Savior. Now to do that, you don't promise him that you're going to change your life now. You come to him as a broken person and asking God to put it back together again, to forgive you of your sin and to give you a home in heaven and and let you be his child and he to be your father forever. But you're coming to him by faith in him, not by works. So your first step for you would be to say this to the Lord. Lord, I don't understand it all, but I want you to be my savior. And I'm a believer in you now. You died and you rose again and you'll forgive me of all my sins. And, and so Lord, thank you for giving me a new start. And so Lord, I begin with you now. Now, however you want to say that in your own words, but you need to say that, that. That is step one. By faith in Christ alone. And I'd like to pray for you as I continue our prayer at the end now. the Pastor, I am receiving Christ as my forever Savior today. I know that I'm going to heaven. It is not by my works. I thank you that my sins are forgiven, Lord. My heart is grateful for what he's done for me. For the rest of us right now, Maybe it's something a little bit more that you need to do. I don't know. But let's go to the Lord now and maybe make a renewed commitment to come to Him at this time. Our Heavenly Father, I want you to help us to live your word this week. All of us, me too. And that we want to apply even what we've heard today. And so Lord, all your word is true and it's accurate and it pierces even to the dividing apart of my soul and my spirit. My joints and my marrow. And it discerns my thoughts and the motives of my heart. Lord, we've seen areas in our lives we need to work on today. And by your grace, your mercy, and only your power, you will change it. We're releasing you inside of us as we surrender to you. Give us the strength and the courage to do what we know we need to do. No matter the cost, no matter the change, no matter whatever consequences... As whatever it takes to clean us up, make us free, we pray. In your name, amen.
1: This is Joe Pons, and I want to thank you for listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Clarity Christian College. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It's the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to MakeItClear.org. That's MakeItClear.org. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please email us at TellMeMore at MakeItClear.org. That's TellMeMore at MakeItClear.org. Thank you, and remember to Make It Clear.